This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome to Torah Talks, Chazak special program, Tuesday night guests. We have with us a very dear friend of ours, Rabbi Yeshua Zitron. Rabbi, welcome. How are you doing? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Thank you so much for, you know, inviting me on this. It's always amazing to be part of anything Chazak related. It's so, it's so amazing the work that you do. And I, just to be a part of it is just a tremendous chizik for me, but it happens to be, it's a schuss. It's a huge, huge schuss. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Rabbi Zitron, love the energy. I feel it through the screen. Exciting. And uh, Baruch Hashem, the Rabbi Zitron has been giving shirim for many, many years, speaking for Chazak and many other organizations. And uh, before we jump into tonight's exciting topic, which is the secret path to relationships, uh, Rabbi, if you give us a little bit of a background of yourself, the great work you're involved with. Yes, of course. Um, so my, I guess my work in the club, my work in, as, as a speaker, I guess we could call it, began about 12 years ago. And it began kind of by accident. I wasn't planning, uh, I wasn't intending it to the point that 15, 20 years ago, if you would have asked me, uh, you know, like, what's your plans in the future or whatever it is, I would have never even begin to think as this as being an option. Uh, but the the really short version is I had a friend of mine, a very close haver of mine, a friend of mine that was also my chavrusa, my learning partner, and he was unfortunately nifter, very, very young. And I, what happened was is that he used to learn with a group of boys, Bukharian boys, and yeah, yeah and, and they knew that we were chavrusa. So long story short, they came over to me, one of the guys came over to me and he's like, listen, you know, we don't have, unfortunately, because of the passing, the, 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 early passing of our dear friend, we, you know, we don't have anything. Can you, uh, you know, take over and learn? So I kind of started with that. And then one thing led to another, one share led to another. It started off as a small chavura and then it ended up branching out to a share. And it, so it ended up, I, I, I kind of was placed in this. I can't give, take any credit that I worked hard to get to where I was. I mean, this gave it to me, uh, you know, sort of, you know, speak. Uh, obviously I, you know, do my establishment and preparing and, and, uh, uh, gathering whatever information that I need to, but but it happens to be it's it's a schus that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave me, and um, my my focus became uh, more towards the cure of world to get uh, people closer to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to realize the beauty of Yiddish Judaism and how amazing it is and how enjoyable it is, and people look at it as a negative, which really is because it's I can't do this and I can't do I have to eat this, so people look at it as so much restrict restrictions. But in a sense, it's it's a beautiful relationship, and any relationships has restrictions. You have, uh, you know, when you get married, you're restricted there, certain one, but it's worth it because the positive is so much greater. So, so the idea beyond Judaism being beautiful and amazing is is unfortunately, you know, overlooked. And it's interesting because I started focusing a lot on the care of world, on people that are not so religious, or people were religious at one point and they went off, and then you know they're slowly coming back. But from the audience that that come and listen, it happens to be that I get a lot of regular from religious people. They're like, wait, you know, like it, it, this is an interesting angle that, you know, it's not always taught in yeshivas. It's not all taught in the Jewish schools. So Baruch Hashem, um, I was I was a Zoha to be able to be uh, um, part of this great, uh, you know, I guess, Kirov uh, movement. And I, I'm so happy that I, that I had the merit to be able to uh, contribute the little that I do. Right. Amazing. Unbelievable. It's true. Uh, many great things happen, uh, you know, by chance in a sense that uh, we also, when we started Chazak, we weren't planning for it to be an organization and we were just doing some good things, you know, organizing uh, a weekly newsletter. And then it, we decided to organize a small shear, which ended up being a massive shear. 
And uh, one thing led to the next, and Baruch Hashem, thank God, spreading so much Torah, but you should never be satisfied. We have to always do more because the Gula is not here yet. So anyways, Rabbi Zutra, we're going to jump into tonight's topic, which is the secret path to relationships. Uh, you know, people are spending thousands of dollars in the pursuit of happiness, uh, you know, by taking trips right now in the summer, people going on vacations, people are buying fancy cars. But what is the proper definition of happiness and how does one achieve it? So I, I think the when we're dealing with something called definition, everybody defines something a little bit differently because it's their own. There is a, a true definition, if you want to call it a fact, but there's also what people define as happiness. So a single guy would think happiness is when I get married. Uh, a couple that doesn't have any children, happiness is when I have children. Uh, somebody who's you know struggling financially, happiness is when I achieve success in, in that area. And that's when, I, that's when I'll achieve the contentment and, and happiness in my life. And it's all correct that all these things can attribute to happiness, but the source of happiness, the real definition of happiness is not dependent on outside forces. In fact, the Hebrew word for happiness is to be the happy is besimcha. The very common you know, idea behind this, besimcha, you mix around the words, is machshava. It's, it's, the, it's a thought process. Really, happiness is all dependent on your inside, not on your your outside. Granted, it does help. You know, you're a multi-billionaire. Yeah, you know, it's going to help. Not saying that everybody wealthy has it, the, the happiness, but it does help. You marry happily, it's going to help. You have kids, they're good kids, it's going to help. But the definition, I think, is, is really something that's internal. That's your thought process. So when we, you know, when we think about the idea of happiness and we change, we chase certain, certain things that we feel is going to give us that happiness, we're sort of chasing a symptom, but we're not getting to the root of the problem. And I've spoken to people where they have everything and then they have nothing, you know, like they have everything, but unfortunately they're, they're empty inside. And then you have people, and this is the greatest, because like the greatest amount of like the, the, the power that I, that I see what people have when they have like almost nothing. And they're so happy. Like I, there's like a few people that come to mind. I know, you know, a woman who is, you know, going through so much in her life, like so much from all angles, from health, from fun, everything. And I, I haven't met a happier person. And like, and it's crazy when I think about it, I guess I have the ability or anybody who deals in the public has an ability to kind of look at things a little bit in a bird's eye view, like looking down. Because when we're just dealing with ourselves, all we can see is ourselves. And many people think, you know what, my neighbor, he is so successful. Everything is great in his life. But the rabbi of the community knows that, no, your neighbor is suffering from X, Y, and Z. You're suffering from A, B, and C. Everybody's got their peckle. Everybody's got their, their thing that they are dealing with. The idea behind happiness is knowing how to deal with what you're going through and channel it to not affect your state of mind, which is your thought process of being, of being happy. So I think if I could summarize the idea of happiness is is your state of mind of and and how you relate to outside forces powerful amazing love it and we actually see this in this upcoming week's parsha shalach where there were the spies that went into israel into canaan to check out the, the land and they said that we looked like grasshoppers in our eyes and so we were in their eyes their mind they, they perceive themselves as small and that's the way others perceive them as well the, the like the rabbi is saying happiness is a, is a mindset Powerful, amazing. So, Rabbi, you know we're Yehudim, we're 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 Jews, and Yehudim comes from the word of Hodaya, which is thanks. So, many, we often mistakenly define Hakarat Tov, you know, as 
thank you. But we know that Hakarat literally means to recognize the good, right? So how will recognizing the good improve our relationships in life? Okay, so so I, I think this is actually a, a powerful tool that often goes unnoticed and untapped, if I may. We're, and, and, and I'll explain, let me, let me back it up a little bit. So we all know that mood affects your, you know, your response to things. So an example, somebody just got laid off. His wife is so upset at him, just screaming and threw some dishes. He's in the dumps, right? We could go on to explain it. But like, you know, his kids are causing problems. They speak back to him. Like everything is, and he's driving. And some guy goes in front and cuts him off, like, like really aggressively as they, you know, unfortunately, there's like one or two drivers in the tri-state area that drive really aggressively. So we know that every once in a while we come across, it's the same person that drive across aggressively and, and, you know, and then there's the response. So what's going to be the response? So somebody who is in a very rotten mood and sour mood, the response is going to be like, it's just going to blow the lid. It's going to go to a point where he's going to get upset. It's going to ruin his day even more. He's, if he has a chance to scream, he'll scream. Sometimes he'll wave a certain hand or a certain finger. You know, there's a certain thing that people will do. They just get so angry. They can't hold themselves back. Then imagine the same scenario, but this guy has a successful, you know, what? let's change. This guy just won the lottery. His wife loves him unconditionally. His kids shower praises at him every time he wakes up. He's the kingdom. He's the king of, his, of the kingdom. And someone just cuts him off. He just got the best news. He won the lottery. Is it going to matter to him? Okay. You know, it's going to be one of those people like, you know, go, 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 go. You know, sit over there in the, in the, in the corner and, and just let everybody go. To the point that even somebody gives him a fender bender. He's going to go, I'd be like, ah, don't worry about it. Life is great. Why am I going to worry about this little thing? I got $10 billion that I just won. I have an amazing wife and amazing kids. Am I going to worry about this little thing? Come on. Okay, so you cut me off. Who cares? So we see the mood affects our response. So if you have a happier mood, your relationships are going to be better. Your, your, your uh, you know, work is going to be better. You're going to be more productive, more effective multi you know billion dollar companies spend a lot of money some of them have an in-house psychiatrist an in-house psychologist so they could talk now some yeshivas are starting to do that where they have you know a therapist on staff because if a kid is happy they could achieve a lot more than if a kid is depressed sad going through something so our mood not only affects on our relationships but it also affects on our productivity on how much we will be effective our relationship with with god with that Baruch Hu, it's gonna it's gonna affect so the mood affects everything. Now, when you zero in on relationships, it does, if you're a happy person and your spouse does something to you, you're not going to sweat it. It'd be like, okay, fine. So, so, you know, dinner wasn't ready or, you know, my husband, you know, didn't buy me a present for my birthday, whatever it is. It's like, you know, all right, but everything else is amazing. So the idea behind gratitude is that when you are a grateful person, you see so much amazingness stuff all around you. Yes, we all have stuff that we're going through and we all have difficulties that we're going through, but a grateful person focuses on the positive and then he's a, inside he's positive. So gratitude brings positivity, which brings you contentment, which brings you happiness. And when you have happiness, your relationships are all of a sudden, okay, not the biggest deal if my wife did this and my husband did this. So the, I think the secret behind that, and we're just touching the scratching the surface over here, but the idea behind is that if you're a grateful person, 
then you will be happier. If you will be happier, your relationships will be better. You won't sweat the small stuff, as they say. You're not going to be bothered by it because I just won the lottery. I won my, I, you know, I'm, my wife married me. You know, can you imagine that? Like me, the person, the lowest person. She married me. My kids actually respect me. You know, like I'm a nothing. I like it. So, so the gratitude changes so much that even when we go and we have in our relationships with God, with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so we pray for something and maybe we don't get it or maybe or we don't get it yet, I should, I should rather say. But if we realize the, the, how much God has given us, then we'll be like, wait a minute, God is awesome. Like, this is unbelievable. Okay, fine. So I didn't get this yet, but it's just going to strengthen our relationship with God. And when you have a strong relationship with God, then you're going to be able to increase on, that, on the observance. You're going to be able to increase on your relationship with it. So I, I think gratitude is something that has such a powerful underlining effect that it affects every aspect of our life, from business to spouse relationships to our relationships with God, to relationships with our kids. It touches everything. So what you're trying to say, Rabbi, is that gratitude, happiness, and relationships are one and the same. They're all connected. Yeah, 100%. There is other ways to have good relationships and other ways to be happy. This is just a path, but I think it's a strong path that will accomplish tremendous amount and and people unfortunately don't utilize this this important thing besides the fact that you're being grateful you're just going to be happy who doesn't want to be happy right we all have something but if we contemplate we all have issues but if we contemplate on our on our positive things that we have it makes us happy it doesn't hurt anybody other than ourselves to be sad depressed anxious annoyed it doesn't affect the person that you have a grudge against it affects only us and Rabbi was constantly mentioning about winning the lottery and winning the lottery. Just for the record, okay, a lot of people, according to what I understand, that win the lottery and they're used to, you know, polished shoes, they're used to sell hot dogs on the streets, right? They would win the millions or the billions, whatever it is. And then after a few years, they didn't earn the money. Easy come, easy go. So they go back to their original jobs. So in a sense, that, you know, a person that earned and works for his money is also more appreciative. And uh, that's a concept to take to heart. Rabbi Zitron, very, very inspiring, very, very, very powerful. Uh, so if you would have to, um, you, you're mentioning a lot about the lottery. You know, unfortunately, not everyone wins the lottery. <laughs> so, so is there a way to inspire those that have not won the lottery or unfortunately are not going through a good relationship or Shalom Baez or peace in the home and things like that to inspire them to continue on this path, like you're saying, of, of simcha, of happiness, of gratefulness, etc.? Right. So, so it's interesting one. Uh, I do like to speak about lottery because lottery is something that people can relate to. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. I have nothing. And all of a sudden I have everything, you know? So it's right, like, Rabbi, who relates to that? You know who won the lottery? Let me introduce I, you. I don't know place. anybody that, that won. But the truth of the matter is, is really we all won the lottery. There's a, a beautiful acronym. So Ashir in, in, uh, in Hebrew, well, uh, a rich person is Ashir. Ashir, the, it stands for a nine shenayim yadayim raglayim. Eyes, uh, uh, you know, enaim is eyes, shenaim is teeth, yadaim is hands, raglayim is feet. Who's a wealthy person? Somebody who has eyes, teeth, hands, and feet. It's a mindset. It's a mindset, right. It's a, it's a mindset. So, so in a sense, when, when we look at like who won the lottery, I, I think if anybody looks in their life, they won the lottery in some aspect, maybe not financially. Uh, and sometimes financially, people don't realize when I hear people's stories and how they go and how they they tell me how they got into a certain business and they were successful it was like 
it wasn't because of their geniusness. Yes, some people are very smart and they know how to capitalize and they know how to move investments around and they know what they're doing. But so many people, in fact, most of the people that I spoke to that were successful and, and very wealthy in the business, just either happened to get into the business by accident or placed in a certain situation, or they even told me like, I happened to get a certain you know client that just boomed everything. And it wasn't like anything to do. So in a sense, what's a lottery? A lottery is like something that you, you did a very little work and you got a lot. But when we look at it, how much work do we, we got a lot, you know, like anybody who has apartment, you know, you did a little bit of work, but now you have a roof over your shoulder, you know, you have a house, you have a wife, you know, how many people, you know, some people, the first date, second, second, third, fourth, five people they date, and then they find their, their spouse, some people, unfortunately more. Uh, but, but I think if we look inside, we, we can each find a lottery in each one of our lives of what we, of what we want. We just have to focus on the good. So the question is like, so, so how do we do that? One thing that I do, um, and, and I try to, to spread this out as much, I think it's, a, it's an amazing idea, um, is that uh, I think every night a person should do to themselves, think and tell HaKadosh Baruch tell God five things that you're grateful for. Before you go to sleep, just say five things that you're grateful for. To the point that I, you know, on the, on the Shabbos table, I, when we don't have guests, because my kids are a little bit shy when we have guests, when we don't have guests, after the Dvar Torah that I say, we each go around the table, me, my wife, all my kids, they go around and they say five things that they're grateful for. So you have little kids, you know, I have a six-year-old that goes and have a 13-year-old that goes and they go and they each go and they say five things. And it's beautiful to hear where a six-year-old will say like, uh, thankful to Hashem that I have, we have a car, you know, and, and it's, it's a mindset that we have to start beginning to think about. So I think a, a simple way to do it is, is every day, try, again, you might forget some of the days, but try every single day. Five things that you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be amazing things. Sometimes it could be that you have eyes, teeth, hands, feet, you know, whatever it is. As long as we begin to focus and and realize that we have so much good that Hagadish Baruch gives to us, once we tap into that knowledge, our whole whole viewpoint is going to change. So whether we're, you know, a billionaire, a millionaire, or, or, or lacking anything in between you know, we could still focus on things that we have good. And, and it's a huge school. It's huge school that when you have gratitude, it, it brings so much blessings. So maybe we have blessings in one area. If we focus on the positivity, that brings us tremendous amount of, of let's call it spiritual power, right? And especially you, you're thankful. You, you have somebody, the example that I like to use is that if you have somebody that's going and collecting tobacco, charity, comes to your door and you give them a dollar and this person starts praising you from today until tomorrow, giving you all of a sudden he becomes the Baba Sali over there and he's giving <laughs> you a thought from today until tomorrow to your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, from your Panasati, your Shalom Bayes, to your Naha, everything in all areas. What do you want to do to that person? Be like, let, hold on one second. You just want to give more money to that person. They were so grateful. All you gave them was a dollar and they spent a minute giving you a blessing. Versus you have a, a, the other scenario where you give someone $20 and then they do the look into your wallet and be like, oh, by the way, I have another 15 children that are orphans that are living by me. They don't have any hands, feet, feet their eyes. Can you please increase that money? And they go, instead of saying thank you for what they got, they're like, can you give me more? Can, you know, like, oh, we really need the money. Who do you want to give more money to? Do you want to give more money to, to the person that said, please, you know, like, thank you so much for everything that you've done? Or do you want to give them more money to somebody who says, can I please have more? Obviously, we want to give money to, to we have more. So it's a, it's a tremendous, you know, power when we, yes, we should always ask for this, brother. we should always ask God for, for everything that we need and more. 
But if we're thankful, that makes that tefillah so powerful. We say modem, we say this in our tefillah every single day where we, we have that gratitude in there, but sometimes we have to just say it a little bit more with a, with a thought process. I'll be like, wait a minute. Yeah, thank you, Akadosh Baruch Hu. And when we get to a higher level, we can begin to start thanking God on things that are problematic to us because we know that Akadosh Baruch Hu has you know, a master plan and everything that happens is for the best. Having an attitude of gratitude, how important it is. Yeah. Powerful, amazing. Oh, that line. Yeah. The Rabbi Zitron, uh, Torah talks, I mean, our custom is to have a final message and, uh, you know, one final grand slam from the speaker, from the rabbi. We're going to have you leave off for our broad audience. Okay. So I, I want to share with you something that I thought about yesterday when I was driving my kids to Yeshiva. Um, it's a thought. It's still a work in progress, but I think it's a very, very interesting thought. And I, and I was thinking, you know, there's a very common idea that the more sophisticated something is, the greater the potential, right? So, so let's say you look at inventions, right? So a pair of pants is, is sophisticated to the level that it covers you and does whatever it needs to, but a phone is much more sophisticated. So what has more potential, a pair of pants or a phone? Obviously, a phone has more, more potential. But when you look at the difference between man inventions and God's creation, God's, God's you know, not inventions, God's creations, there is a difference when you look at the potential of the creation. So when you look at anything, let's say, in, in uh, technology, a phone, a computer, a car, as time goes on, the potential decreases. The battery is not as good. The CPU, the processing is not as powerful. Everything decreases over time in man's, man's creation which is very interesting because the more sophisticated we said is the more potential phones will only last three years, four years, five years. If, if you're really able to do it, you could, you could stretch it out for, for a little bit longer than that, but it is a limited is to where it goes. Pants, which is less sophisticated can last 50 years. It can last, I mean, maybe it shouldn't, but I know my grandfather uh, lived, you know, till 102 wow. and he got a bracha from a fun and Farif Asyaman. And uh, he had, I remember in his, you know, in his, his, his suits, his suits, when he bought it was in style, then it went out of style and then went back in style. He was able to wear the old suits and it was still, it was still good. It was still, it was, it, it didn't rub out. It was expensive. It was good suits. So it, it lasted. The more sophisticated the creation, for some reason, why is it that human creation, the more sophisticated, the less the, pot- the potential goes down as time goes on. And let's, Flip, do on the flip side on, on God's creation. So we know that God's, you know, creation falls into four realms, right? Which in simple terms, it's just, you know, there's animal, uh, there, there's inanimate objects like a rock, dirt. Then there is plant life, which is a little bit higher. Then there is an animal world. And then there's a the human world. Those are the four, four realms. So when you do, when you look at rocks, dirt, they just, they just exist. Plant and animal is also about survival, but they have to, do a little bit more. So a plant needs sunlight, it needs, it needs rain, it needs something more. An animal has to actually go and to get its food as opposed to it just coming into it to a, to a uh, you know, like through the sun or through the rain. So when you look at an animal, for example, an animal, it starts off with very low potential. A seed starts off with very low potential. If it has the right environment, it's able to survive. The seed is able to survive and the animal with them, you know, with the, it needs a little bit, but it needs something to help it survive. As the animal or the plant grows, it gets the potential grows, the ability to accomplish more grows. So, so in 
a man's creation, as time goes on, the potential decreases. As God's creation, as time goes on, potential increases. A baby has only a certain amount of potential. As it gets older, the human gets more and more potential. We have more potential today than we had yesterday because we gained knowledge, right? We, every, even though we didn't focus on it, it could be subconscious knowledge, but we gained more. You know to tell your wife certain things based on the knowledge that last time you did it wasn't such a good response. So you learn even subconsciously what to do. So humans, animals, but as time goes on, we increase our potential. Man's creation, as time goes on, there's a decrease on potential. Now, unfortunately, and this is the point that I want to bring home, is when you speak to people, they say, you know, so how, how's it going? And, uh, you know, they say a common thing is uh, hanging in there uh, day by day, you know. They, so, so what you're doing is, is that you're surviving. An animal survives. A plant survives. You're, we're not there to just to, you know, spend our days and just like let it go by. And, well, day by day, we're, we're living, we're surviving. We shouldn't be just surviving. Animals survive. There's a, a, the potential stops by survival. An animal is not going to start an organization. It doesn't have the potential for that. A human being has the power, the potential to do so much. So we have to stop living life in an animal or an inanimate object or whatever it is. We have to realize we have so much potential. And today's potential was greater than yesterday's potential. And the beauty of it is that to achieve potential, you don't have to start organizations. When you grow in the spiritual realm, you're achieving potential. You're sitting and you're learning today a little bit more. You just gained potential. So you gain more than you had yesterday. So my message, my final message this is a thought that I had yesterday. And I think it's a powerful wow. idea. Love it. Is that we, we have to stop, you know, surviving and we have to start living to our potential. Amazing. 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 Rabbi Zitron, very, very powerful final message, very powerful Torah talk in general, the importance of having gratitude, the importance of being happy, the importance of, uh, having good relationships, they're all one in the same. And uh, Rabbi, we want to thank you for joining us on Torah Talks. Thank you. Thank you for the Tuesday uh, Torah Talks uh, with special guests. We encourage everyone to visit us uh, every single Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, chazag.org slash live, along with many other platforms, including Torah Anytime. And uh, if you have something called social media, Chazak has all those stuff, and you could uh, join and follow as well. We want to uh, dedicate uh, tonight's uh, shir for the complete refuah shleima of uh, Rav Meishe ben Rezel and dedicated in loving memory of um, uh, Gabriel ben Frecha. We want to thank the rabbi once again and uh, looking forward to seeing you all. And Bezat Hashem Besarot we see the Gula Shema Shekham, speeding the days of complete redemption. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.